being out on the water 20 miles offshore is, and it's not even that far, but you don't see anything around you but water. And we got into a gale and we had 54 knot winds that were hitting mm. the boat and the boat was healing over without any sails up. Lightning was striking around us and you feel very vulnerable. You feel very exposed you feel scared. There's a lot of fear of the unknown because I've not been in this situation before. Welcome to Grit, Grace, and Inspiration. I'm your host, Kevin Lowe, and I'm excited to welcome you inside. I don't know that there's any better metaphor for life than that of sailing. Just a sailboat in the ocean controlled by nothing more than the wind. Isn't that like life? We can do what we want. We can try as we might, but it's really life that's ultimately in control. And just like in sailing as in life, some days are good. They're beautiful. The skies are crystal clear. The waves are smooth and the wind is blowing steady and we can make some ground on life. We can really make the most of it. But then in an instant, things can change. When we were making headway, all of a sudden we're stuck. We feel like no matter what we try, we can't move forward. The wind has stopped. The sails are empty. But then just like that, everything changes. Because now... What was a flat ocean is now an ocean of nothing but waves cresting over the bow of the boat, rocking us, tossing us, leaving us scared and unsure what's going to happen next. It's the power of the weather. It's sailing. It's an adventure. And there's no one better suited to talk about this metaphor than the host of sailing through life. And her name, well, that is Lori Tesney. My name is Kevin Lowe. I'm the host of the podcast, as well as a transformation coach. And today you are joining me for what is episode number 193. I had the opportunity to sit down with Lori Tesney, a woman who has been sailing through life, both in the actual sense and metaphorically. Because, well, Lori, she's experienced the good days and the bad. She's had those beautiful days out at sea, and she's also had the stormy nights as well. She had her life impacted by cancer, not once, but twice. And she realized that this life was not waiting on her. That if she wanted to live this life, Well, maybe it was time for her to make some big choices. And big choices she made indeed. She would pack up what she needed, sell the rest, and her and her husband would set off on an adventure. They would buy a sailboat and they would move across the country and live aboard that sailboat. Lori is a woman who is absolutely incredible. I am sitting in my home studio. Well, she is in the hole of her sailboat. How awesome is that? I cannot wait to introduce you to this woman who is here to share her story 
her story of overcoming cancer, her story of moving aboard a sailboat, her story of starting a podcast. It's her story, and it's a beautiful story indeed, just like the weather, just like sailing, where some days are good and some days are bad. But at the end, well, it's all just that beautiful journey of life. Before today's episode ends, I invite you to check out today's show notes by scrolling down and clicking on the special invitation to join the podcast's mailing list. No, not snail mail. I'm not sending you any physical mail at home. You get enough junk and bills as it is. I instead send you an email twice a week, each morning when a new episode is released. Now, before you think, eh, boring, forget it, Kev. No, it's really cool. I spend my time on these emails. I write them in real time. It's literally my love letter to my listeners. And I would love for you to be on the list. So be sure to check out today's show notes and get signed up for the official email list of the podcast. Now, with that said, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Lori Testa. Enjoy today's episode. I had been through cancer diagnosis. I went through twice in less than 18 months. And on top of that, I was working in a funeral home, in the funeral home industry. And so I had a lot of exposure to what people were going through. I was always there to help people through their grieving and understand what they were goal was and how they were going to achieve it and how I could accommodate that the best I could through what they were going through on top of dealing with my own situation simultaneously. So I had a lot of things firing. And I know when you're going through something like a chronic illness, you get really focused on what's going on with you. And it was always a good balance that I had with, you know, working at the funeral home until COVID and the pandemic started. And that really pushed me on a lot of levels because I was dealing with my own situation and still trying to be there of service for other people. And I needed something. I needed something to do that wasn't so intense because I was trying to limit my stress levels and continue to stay positive. And I thought, you know, the medical side is great when you have doctors taking care of you and everything else. That's wonderful. But there's another side to healing and growing through something. And that part was kind of lacking. And I thought, well, what if I, with all that I know, with what I've been through, with what I see at the funeral home, with what I see people going through and struggling with, what could I do to create some sort of format to help people. And it was interesting because I had a little YouTube channel with the sailing with our previous boat and everybody commented about my voice. You know, when I did the voiceovers and things like that, it was always, you know, you have such a calming voice. And I thought, okay, so I have a calming voice. I understand this life that I was in. I understand that I want to help people. How can I combine all those And that's when I had that idea that I could do a podcast. I could do something that was above and beyond what I did normally that would be a reach out to other people that would support them, that would encourage them, that would continue to bring hope to them that no matter what's going on, you have this opportunity to create a better life. 
Wow, that is such a beautiful story of how that all got started. I love it. Now, you talk about your, you know, bout with cancer. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Absolutely. I've always been an outside person, but growing up in a northern climate, you don't think about sun protection the way you would in a southern climate. And it's deceiving. The problem is, is you squeeze a whole year into a four month summer. And so I think you do spend a lot more time outside and there is a lot more opportunity for skin damage. And my diagnosis was stage three melanoma. I didn't have any other suspicious spots except for the one on my leg. And when I got that diagnosis, that devastated me because like anything, when you get that kind of news, it's a lot to process. But on top of that, I also saw what was happening to people in my my job. Every day I saw people that died and I started noticing people my age with my diagnosis who weren't here anymore. And it really created a reality check for me. And that that was a lot of stress for me. So I probably had that catch 22 where I knew too much. And so the devastation I felt when I got that diagnosis, I really did see, you know, you see your life flash before you, you think about all the things you're never going to do. And then once we started getting into after surgery and getting into treatments, and I did a year long treatment. Every two weeks I had an infusion of immunotherapy and, and did really well with that. In fact, when we got done, I was like, you know, like I could have been Rocky running up the stairs, doing the thing, you know, the victory. I I did this and boy, I got kneecapped really quick with within a month or so after I got the all clear that I was back to square one, it was back. So <sighs> the immunotherapy worked while I was on it, but it didn't, continue to work the way we had hoped. And it was very disappointing because this was the the new drug, the new FDA approved drug that was going to work miracles, at least the way I remember it in my head. And it didn't do that. And so when that rug got pulled out from under me, yeah, that it was hard. It was very hard. It was a quite a struggle in my mind to think that, oh, I thought I had this and I didn't. And I got that turnaround pretty quick from completing treatment and starting again. So we started from scratch, you know, had to come up with a plan B and went through that whole second year of treatment and um, got the all clear. We were done with treatment in February of 2020. And then a month later, COVID hit. So I kind of went that there was just like, I was supposed to learn something from this, I think, in the big picture. And that's why this podcast you know, there's so many podcasts out there. People do it for all sorts of reasons and everybody's passionate about it. But I really feel like this is such a part of me because I am a sailor. I do strive to live that wonderful life that that everybody dreams about. I do place myself in these positions to learn all the time. How can I do this better? And this platform, being a host of a podcast, enables me to reach out to new people, to meet people I would have never have met, to learn from them. And I'm always trying to present that to all the listeners as well as here's what I'm learning. I'm on this journey with you. I don't have it all figured out. I get a reminder frequently about how I don't have it all figured out, but I keep trying. And I think that's a big part of all of this is you know, regardless of what your situation is, if you're going through cancer, if you're going through a chronic illness, if you've had something traumatic happen, 
you do have to go through that. You do have to feel those emotions, but you also have to set yourself up for success on some level. You, you don't have to suffer. You can create a situation that you live that better life. You have an opportunity to feel happy. And that is what I strive to do. Yeah, I love it so much. Now, talk to me about the sailing aspect. Where did, where did that come into life? Yeah, nobody in my family really understands that part. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody in my family is really a boater. In fact, every time I mention anything about sailing, you can start seeing that little tinge of green kind of come over. Like, it's (laughs) not our thing. I remember having our neighbor, he built a sailboat when I was in elementary school. And he and, you know, his daughter's, we're friends with us. And so we got to go along. And I remember being down below in this little sailboat and we would take a little book bag full of books and we'd go down on this little cushion and you'd hear the water lapping on the hull as we were sailing. You know, he was just having fun up, up top sailing around. And, and then I started getting this like, this is pretty cool. And then as you get older, you get kind of segued into other things, other interests, you know, getting into college and everything. And And then it kind of introduced itself back into my life. And I thought, you know what? There's something about this feeling. There's something about the power that is behind moving something that weighs 16 tons and uh, 16,000 pounds, I should say. And, And what it does to harness the wind, something that you feel around you that is seems so subtle at times, but can move something so heavy. And the, there's a serenity to sailing when it's not too chaotic. And any sailor will tell you that, that there's the romantic side of sailing and then there's the reality. <laughs> um, but there always there's a way you feel connected to things. You feel, you know, you hear the water, you feel the wind, you feel the power that exists in nature. You feel very small at times because things can change quickly. The water can churn up. The waves can get high. The The wind can catch you and you have to be prepared. And so there's always been this parallel to my life and what sailing is to many people. And it's that learning the skills to take care of yourself and keep yourself safe, but also remembering there are things that are bigger than you. And all you can do is go in prepared and do the best you can to keep yourself safe. And then there's the other aspect of just trying to enjoy the ride. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Really. There's, there's like this direct comparison to this passion for sailing and really the way that you, you live your life and the way that you, you hope to influence others to Mm -hmm. handle life's challenges. Right. Yeah. My favorite quote is you can't control the wind but you can adjust your sails. And that is so true in life. You can't control what's going on around you, but you can adjust to make things go your way to, if you have something you're trying to do, a direction you're trying to go in, how can you use what's going on around you to influence how to get you to that next place? And it's hard. I'm not going to say it's like, oh, you just do this and you're good. It's done. It's hard to stay on that course. It's hard to get yourself motivated or to see past where you're at. And just like sailing, 
you can't see past a certain point. You, you have a horizon and that's all you get to see. You don't know what's past that horizon until you make another, you know, get another distance ahead of yourself to see what's up there. You can see charts and things that are, you know, you have for navigation, but visually you can only see so far. And, you know, you can't see that there's a patch of land 200 miles in front of you, but you know, it's there. And so you, you have to have that faith that even though you can't see the ending, the destination, that it's there. And, and again, it's that, that whole metaphorical thing that, you know, I use with everything, this whole sailing through life. It's all about learning things and understanding and getting in touch with your intuition and, and just getting to know yourself because you have a lot of that time when you're out is just being serene and, and, and having a clarity about what you want. Yeah. I love it so much. So, so back to your, your story that you're sharing with us that you've, You've had this bout with melanoma twice. Mm-hmm. You're in the pandemic. You're, you're going through all that. At what point then do you find yourself deciding to move? So after the pandemic hit, I worked for about a little over a year in that whole crazy time. And I just got to the point where the stress levels were insane I knew it wasn't good for my health. You just, when your body starts talking to you and you start having these thoughts about what am I doing and how much of this is helping other people and how much of this is actually hurting me now. I had to come to a lot of conclusions on what is it that I really wanted? I still wanted to help people, but I just couldn't do it in that atmosphere anymore. It was, it was too hard. And so because there were a couple of different situations that presented themselves. And some of it is, you know, unfortunately the technical or logical side of, of all of this is health insurance, job, logistics of how to make all this happen. And once we had a little clarity on what we could do, what was available to us, we were able to make this happen pretty quickly. We had other couples that we knew that did this whole sell everything and buy a boat and live on it and sail around. And it was something we had planned on doing in the future. But at the same time, we realized that I realized that I don't know what the future is and why am I postponing something that I can potentially do now? And it was figuring out what it needed to happen to make all this play out the way we had hoped. And once we knew enough that we could make it work, it was amazing how it all transpired because there was something bigger than us involved in making this this happen because of the fact that jobs were changed, the properties were sold, we sold boats, we sold cars, we sold all of our, you know, got rid of everything that we didn't need or didn't have sentimental attachment to. It all went away. And in that time frame, also had to find a boat, which in the middle of the pandemic was becoming very difficult because everybody was also having these ideas of, wow, I could do this and this and I work remotely and I can make this happen. So the the inventory and the demand was, you know, there was a lot of issues with 
every time you'd find something, it would be sold out from under you before you even had a chance to see it. And so once we found the boat, we put an offer in sight unseen and just said, you know, we'll come down and see it. But we were dealing with, you know, a distance of over a thousand miles between where we were and where we wanted to be. So there was a lot of compromise and change in the, in the middle of the plans. But then to bring it all in perspective for between March and June, three months, all that happened. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, so talk to me about walking onto the boat that you guys went and traveled and, and put this offer in on. Talk, talk oh, to me so about yeah, that. going down, you know, doing the going to see the boat for the first time, scheduling a survey. There's a lot of there's a lot of different things that you do when you purchase a boat, making sure everything's functional. So I came down and I did the survey with a captain and the brokers and we took it out for a test sail and it was extremely windy that day. So it was it was good test to see what they could do. But it was also nerve wracking. I mean, that's like you're watching your future hang there on on a slings in a lift and wondering, you know, what are you going to find? Are we going to find something that the boat isn't going to work? You know, would you be devastated by that? You know, you just you have so much hope and energy and excitement. You just don't want anything bad to come of it. And luckily, I don't again, Something was shining us or smiling over us, but the boat work that needed to be done before we took possession and brought the boat around was working with the boat yard. They're, they're booked. They have schedules and they have people that they're working on their boats before we even came about. And somehow they got this boat totally ready to travel in three weeks. And so it was, the boat was done on a Friday night the captain and the co-captain and I were leaving Saturday morning to do our big trip. And yeah, it was, again, the timing, I couldn't have forced it to happen this way. And I have to know in my heart that I am supposed to be here and this all happened for a reason. And what am I taking out of it? That's going to be the biggest point I have to make is what am I learning every day? What am I learning through every experience? What am I doing to elevate my existence and all of this plays into it. I can tell you being out on the water 20 miles offshore is, and it's not even that far, but you don't see anything around you, but water. And we got into a gale and we had 54 knot winds that were hitting mm. the boat and the boat was healing over without any sails up. Lightning was striking around us and you feel very vulnerable. You feel very exposed you feel scared. There's a lot of fear of the unknown because I've not been in this situation before. Luckily, I was with someone who had a lot of experience and was showing me and teaching me a lot of what I needed to know about this boat and understanding that this boat can do a lot more than I could ever do. And to have faith in that this boat will take care of us. That was pretty empowering to have that moment to see what this could do. And the fact that I was putting my faith in this boat to take care of us, to get us around safely, and to be a part of my life. This was going to be my new home. This was going to be my mode of transportation. There was so much riding on this. And 
without that experience, I would have said we had a great time. We brought the boat around. Everything was good. The boat's lovely. Sails wonderful. We're happy. But to have that extreme weather condition to see how how much you could push the, the issue and push the boat. It, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, that is just awesome. And I am, am left to think, though, you mentioned earlier about your family. They're not into sailing. So what in the world were they thinking? Not just not into <laughs> sailing, but they're like, Lori, what are you doing? You're not just sailing, but you're moving onto a sailboat. Yep. I think it's hard for them to understand. (laughs) You know, everybody's been so established where they're at for so long. I think it would be difficult. And I think it is for most people to think about everything you own, going through every piece of furniture, going through every piece of clothing, going through every dish, pot, pan, everything you own and understanding how important is this? How much do I need it? And minimizing down to the bare essentials, because in life, we can really get ourselves cluttered up with a bunch of stuff and have a lot of attachment to a bunch of stuff. When you start taking away all the stuff, what's left? You. And you have to figure out what is important, not only in your living situation, but with the way you function in life. Every day you wake up, what are you focused on? You know, there's obviously people have to go to work. You have to pay your bills. There are certain things that are are given, but do you need all the other stuff? And when we minimize down, we get that pairing down to what's truly important and you focus your energy there. You, you put what is calling you out there and you can see that life functions a little bit differently. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Now, when you look back at your experience, mm-hmm. what are some some key lessons that you have maybe learned that you have kind of, I don't know, have, have been instrumental in your your progress through these hard times that you would would share with somebody who's going through hard times right now? The biggest one I have to say out the gate is you're not alone. It is so easy to get so caught up in, you know, whatever's going on around in, in your life and what's around you that you can isolate yourself because it's un, it's unknown. You're in uncharted territory. You have no idea what's going on at points in your life and you cannot see outside of that. In that isolation, you start to maybe ruminate in your thoughts. You get caught up in those repetitive themes or negative self-talk about what's going to happen. And when you find that you can reach out to somebody and that you're not alone, that somebody else has gone through something similar and you have somebody to bounce ideas off of, you have somebody that encourages you, you have somebody that shows you tools that you can use and bring it all back into you're not alone. It makes a whole world of difference in your experience. And it's hard because you can't imagine somebody else understanding how you feel or what you're going through. I don't know if my experience is different than other people who have been through cancer. I know my cancer specifically is very misunderstood. Most people don't have an understanding of the severity, the seriousness of a melanoma diagnosis, regardless of staging, 
there's a lot of potential for things to go wrong. And so staying on top of that and trying to learn as much as you can, those resources really weren't there when I was diagnosed. I didn't find them readily. Nothing was offered to me to understand it outside of the medical side of things. Like, what am I going to experience? How am I going to live my life being afraid of the sun? People don't understand that that level of having a a diagnosis that keeps you from being outside and learning a whole way to live a new life. And so a second piece of advice would be is when you get to the point where you meet other people who can understand you is learning more about how you can incorporate different things to help you through life. Sun protection's a big, you know, I got a thing about sun protection. So, you know, I, it may not be the most fashionable, but I also know I'm doing the best I can to keep myself safe. And that's a big part of daily life. You know, I think people put on sunscreen and think they're covered. Well, that's great, but there's a lot of different parts of your body and your skin is your biggest organ. And so everything kind of permeates through your skin. And when you compromise that, when you do that damage to your skin, you make yourself more at risk for having a situation like I had. And again, I wasn't going to tanning beds, laying out in the sun all the time person, and it still happened to me. So understanding what your what your situation is, your diagnosis is, learning what you need to do to help yourself through that, the psychological, emotional side of your situation, and reaching out to people who, who can help you. If you're going to a therapist, if you're going to support groups, whatever that is, that all plays into creating the best life because you can learn how to handle the situation. You can learn how to grow through it and and be a better person and and not feel like the potential for a, an incredible future is gone. It's not. It's still obtainable. Who did you have to lean on when you were going through it? There were a couple of support organizations that dealt with cancer in general. And unfortunately, my personality, I'm always like, I got this. I got this. I got this. I'm going to do this. I got it. No, no, I'm fine. I got it. I got it. And that worked for a little bit. It worked for a little bit. I would say it worked for the first round of, of you know, when I was originally diagnosed. The second time around, I came to the conclusion, I don't got it. I had to find somebody else that could relate to what I was doing. And there's an organization called Immerman Angels that pairs you up with a mentor who has gone through similar staging or similar situations that you can have that conversation with. Like, I feel this way because your family can only understand so much. Your your spouse can only stay, understand so much. Your friends can only understand so much. And, and it is an uncomfortable place for people around you to be in. Nobody wants to hear the doom and gloom about your cancer diagnosis. And if they hear you, what can they do? They feel hopeless. They feel helpless because they don't have any answers. And so it's a very uncomfortable place. And so when you connect with somebody who has been through that, it's amazing how much of a difference it makes with not having to explain everything to the nth degree. You have a starting place that they understand And that made a world of difference for me is just having somebody that understood what I was going through and 
working through a lot of that emotion because there's a lot of a lot of stuff that comes up. A lot of you can have guilt, you can have anxiety, you can have fear, you know, the coming up with scans and and going to see doctors for follow-ups and all that stuff can really generate a lot of energy <laughs> and not in a good way. I, you know, you get into the what ifs and shoulds and all that in life and you have to get rid of that. You, you cannot focus there. You cannot be stuck there. And when you find out there's opportunities to learn and grow and, and not be so stuck in your situation and continue to dream is, is probably the biggest part of it is to continue to have something out there that you can strive for. Yeah. Oh my goodness. When somebody hears your story and they hear from beginning to end, what is the one thing that you hope that they take away? No matter how hard it gets, there's somebody out there that can help you through it. I even to this, you know, last year went through an emergency surgery after a scan. They they found something that didn't look right and never left the cancer center, ended up having emergency surgery. And after that, that took me down a few pegs and I had to figure out what was going on. The impact that that had I, you know, again, you think you're victorious and just when you do, you get a reminder and it, it really did a number on me. And I had to think about why, why did this get to me so much? Why did it affect me so much? And it brought back a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff. I thought I was past, you know, you go through remembering what you went through. And I think just being in that atmosphere, it brought back a lot of those memories, a lot of those fears of not having control. And when I was done with surgery and I was thinking, oh, I could, I'm going to bounce right back. And I didn't. I think that's that was like the final straw was I didn't bounce back the way I thought. I didn't respond the way I thought I would. And again, once again, had to learn something. I had to push the issue. I had to push forward. And I thought, what am I going to do? I'm not feeling the way I used to feel. I'm not in the right place in my head. How do I continue to inspire people when I feel less than inspired? And so I actually went and got certified as a mindfulness teacher. I thought if if anything, I was going to learn the foundation to helping me understand how I function and what is it I can do for myself that gets me through those those bad moments that you know anybody who's gone through anything can tell you it's the, you know, you have a bad day. How do you get through it? And so in that, taking that class and getting certified, I started understanding a little bit more about how I operate. And I started to get into understanding how breathing can affect how you feel and the scientific research that's going on, that's starting to show how much of an impact mindset, mindfulness, breathing, all those simple things can affect and improve your life. That was my response. I, I got hit with a situation I wasn't expecting. And instead of getting stuck there, I was like, nope, I'm going to deal with this head on. I'm going to go and I'm going to learn something new. I'm going to figure out a new skill that's going to help me long term. And then I can incorporate that into helping other people. And so the there's a lot of passion behind what I do, not only to learn for myself, but what I can share with other people and connecting with other people that can share their stories as well of what they've done to give anyone listening to the show 
a leg up? Just what is it that strikes them? What is it that inspires them to keep going? What can they do to not be stuck in that, that bad place that we can fall into? Yeah. So powerful. Your podcast sailing through life. Where is the best place for people to go who want to listen to it? I would say if you want the the all-inclusive experience to go to sailingthroughlifepodcast.com. From there, you can find whatever platforms are available to listen to the show. It's on every platform and you can learn more about me. You can learn more about what this upcoming series that I have for skin cancer and, and melanoma awareness in it's starting actually tomorrow, April 13th. And it goes through, looks like into July at this point, I had a, a really wonderful response to people wanting to share their experience, wanting to share ways to keep yourself safe. I've even interviewed the president of aim at melanoma, which is an melanoma international melanoma organization just to bring awareness to how devastating this diagnosis is and how serious it can be and what we can do to prevent it. I mean, that's going to be the biggest part of the, the biggest takeaway from this is it can be prevented. And that is what we're trying to, to promote is you don't have to be in this situation and, and what can you do to, to keep yourself safe. So there's information about that in there as well. And, you know, if anybody's needing any information or anything above and beyond, there's a way to contact me on there. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn. So again, I'm pretty accessible. If, if you have any concerns, questions, want to know something new, want to follow me, it's all there. Yeah. Well, fantastic. Well, I will be certain that all of your information, all your links are inside of today's show notes for easy access. Lori, thank you so much for, for just sharing your story, for sharing just more than anything else. You're just amazing sense of just hope. Yes. And, and that is what I get out of you when I talk to you and I hear you is I just get this overwhelming sense of hope. And I want to thank you. Thank you, Kevin. And I really appreciate you giving me this opportunity to share with your audience my experience, because again, if there's somebody out there that's on the fence, not really sure, and this is the the message that makes a difference for them, that's the whole point. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. And for you listening to the show today, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being here, for supporting the show. And again, if you want to learn more, if you want to dive into this amazing lady a little bit more, be sure to scroll down and check out today's show notes where all of the links are available. And until next time, just get out there and take on the day. This is Kevin Lowe with Grit, Grace, and Inspiration.